Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Pinstripes. My name is Brian, and I have been a diehard Yankees fan since around the 1990 season when I was around 8 years old. I love talking Yankees baseball. Now, the goal here at Inside the Pinstripes is to preserve the rich history and tradition of the New York Yankees. This will be a weekly podcast, so look out for podcasts on on the Facebook page in Inside the Pinstripes and on Twitter at Inside NYY. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Pinstripes. My name is Brian, and I have been a diehard Yankees fan since around the 1990 season when I was eight years old. I love talking Yankees baseball. Now, the goal here at Inside the Pinstripes is to preserve the rich history and tradition of the New York Yankees. This will be a weekly podcast, so look out for podcasts on our Facebook page, Inside the Pinstripes, and on Twitter at InsideNYY. Also, thank you to everyone who listened to the first episode on the top five Yankees managers of all time and why. So now, let's get into today's topic, the top five starting pitchers in Yankees history and why. Requirements are that the pitchers had to have pitched for the Yankees for at least 10 seasons as a Yankee. All right, without further ado, let's get going. We're going to start with CeCe Sabathia. CeCe Sabathia won one World Series title in his time with the Yankees and one pennant in 19 seasons. He gave up less home runs in 19 seasons than Hall of Famers Robin Roberts and Fergie Jenkins. Fergie Jenkins, who had pitched for the Cubbies, and Robin Roberts, who was well known for pitching for the Phillies, both Hall of Famers. He also had seven consecutive seasons of 200-plus innings pitched, which shows that how, how much of a workhorse CC Sabathia was. CC was a gamer. He went out there and he gave his team everything he had especially in 2008, which really typified how great he really was. Also, he led the league in shutouts in 2006 and 2008, led the major leagues in innings pitched in 2008 with 253 innings pitched for the Indians and the Brewers. All-time American League strikeout leader for lefties. He's the third pitcher to homer in both leagues in a season. In 2008. In 2009, he won the ALCS MVP on the Yankees' run to their first World Series since 2000. Um, and uh, in that 2009 ALCS, some of his numbers were 16, thrown 16 innings pitch, two runs, five walks allowed, 12 strikeouts. So CC Sabathia was he was dominant in that in that playoff run that entire postseason really because he and, and he was also pitching on three days rest for the majority of the postseason maybe outside of one star I'm not even sure if it was one star but it was pretty much always on three days rest also CC Sabathia in his career for the playoffs he had ten postseason wins and he had a hundred and thirty in the third innings pitched and he uh, pitched one complete game back in. 2012 in Game 5 of the American League Division Series when the Yankees and the Orioles were tied at 2-2 two to two and, and CeCe Sabathia put the Yankees on his back and they ended up making it to the American League Championship Series. And in his career, he had thrown 38 complete games 
CC Sabathia also threw 12 shutouts and he had 251 career wins. 3,043 strikeouts, as I said. He's the all-time American League strikeout leader for lefties. CC Sabathia had thrown 3,577 innings. Um, again, he's seven consecutive 200-plus innings pitched in a row. And, and CC Sabathia, was, he was a gamer. He just went out there and he literally pitched until his arm fell off this past October. Um, he gave the Yankees everything he had and and the Indians and the Brewers too, of course. Um, also, CeCe Sabathia, uh, he, his ERA plus for his career uh, was 116. And his ERA plus as a Yankee was a little bit lower, but that's probably because of the years that he had from 2000, I'd say 2013 to 2015. And around 2016, he really just put it all together. Really was probably toward the second half of the season in 2015, where he really started to excited to click all the all the uh the the changes he had made and he become more of a finesse pitcher after i would say after around the 2015 second half and um and uh he really revitalized his career for a little bit but for the most part he had a lot of his better years were with the indians where he also won a cy young award in 2007 and he had an ERA plus that year, which ERA plus, if you don't know, ERA plus is your adjusted ERA. So based on your ERA, it just a hundred is the league average for a pitcher. So if you're if you're at a hundred, that's average. But if you're at a hundred and forty-one, which is where CC was in two thousand seven for Cy Young, his Cy Young year with the Cleveland Indians. He was at 141, so he was basically 41% above the league average, So that, which is very, very good. And it just kind of shows, it basically takes the ballpark out of it, and it, it just kind of shows where he was compared to all the other pitchers and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, his, his FIP that year, fielding independent pitching percentage, was 3.14. And, and and his ERA compared to his ERA, which was three point two one, so so CC and CC was a strikeout pitcher, so that's probably why the fielding independent pitching was a little bit lower that year. And um, his career high ERA plus was one fifty six in two thousand eight. So again, like I said, it's fifty six percent above the league average. And one forty three was his high ERA plus as a New York Yankee in 2011. So CC Sabathia uh, was, I would say he, I would definitely put him up there as one of the best pitchers in Yankees history. Um, I'm not so sure I would put him in the top five because there are a lot of, there are a lot of really good players. Actually, there is one player that I wasn't, that I kind of forgot about, but mostly because he, he pitched a long time ago. However, I think CC Sabathia is definitely worthy of being in the top five. CC Sabathia was a gamer and he he uh, he was a team player, and he was he was he was just a guy that the Yankees are gonna miss. Um, yeah, that's about it. So let's move on to the next guy, Lefty Gomez. Lefty Gomez was also known as Goofy for his humor and character. Gomez also played back in the 1930s. Um, the New York Yankees were concerned about his slender frame because Gomez was kind of was kind of tall, but he didn't really have a whole lot of weight to him. And back in those days. Because he was a th- hard thrower, but back in those days, when the if guys that didn't really weren't that weren't that big, they felt like they they were just gonna 
they weren't going to be able to have a long career. So they were concerned about his slender frame. Um, how, although Lefty Gomez was a four-time 20-game winner, he uh, helped the Yankees win the World Series five times, and they won five pennants. And, of course, back in those days, they um, they would make the playoffs, and, and uh, the playoffs was the World Series. So, uh, But still, they won five World Series with Lefty Gomez as basically the number one pitcher. Uh, also, Lefty Gomez won two clinching worlds. He had two clinching World Series wins, and one of those wins was a complete game. And back in those days, again, they didn't have much use for the bullpen. The bullpen was not as used as it is today not even close and and uh lefty was was like like was like everybody else back then he would just go out there and pitch pitch basically until they needed another pitch and then if he could pitch the whole game he would anyways uh moving on to his career postseason stats he was 6-0 with a 2.86 era with a 50 and a third innings pitched which is a lot of innings pitched back in those days because they didn't have, uh, they didn't have like the American League Division Series or the Championship Series. They just had the World Series, and they were the Yankees were lucky to be in a lot of World Series back then, and really in a lot of years that they've been around. The best year for um, Lefty Gomez. Lefty Gomez actually had a, a few very good seasons, but two of them that really stick out are the 1934 season and the 1937 season for Lefty Gomez, in which he won. The pitcher's triple crown both of those years and the pitcher's triple crown was the era um era strikeout and wins um as, uh 1934 some of his numbers are he was 26 and 5 with a 2.33 era which was for an era adjusted era of 176 which is which is uh, amazing and he had thrown 281 and two-thirds innings pitched 25 complete games in the same year and he had six shutouts. 1937, again, another pitcher's triple crown he won that year. He was 21-11. and 11. He had a 2.33 ERA. The same exact ERA, basically. A few more losses, but sometimes that happens. And that's why sometimes you can't really go by. The, the record is not really that important. However, it just shows that how the Yankees, they just, they obviously with the, the low runs that he gave, the low amount of runs that he gave up, the Yankees were able to score a lot more than that, and they had a good hitting team, and they, they got him a lot of wins. So the fact that he was able to keep him in the game really shows the, the wins actually sh it shows how great he was. Uh, his ERA plus that year, however, was a little bit better. Probably maybe, the, the, I guess, the other his ERA that year must have been one of the higher ERAs. His ERA plus that year was 193, and... He had 278 in the third innings pitch, so just a few innings away from his 1934 Triple Crown pitchers Triple Crown season. He had 25 complete games and six shutouts that year as well. Also, he averaged 247 innings pitched a season for 14 seasons. Um, and he pitched, he won 189 games. He, won, he had a 3.34 ERA in his career. And his ERA adjusted um, was 125 for his career, which is very good. He's also a Hall of Famer, which obviously you can tell by his num by his numbers. And uh, he also was three and one in All Star games, which typically All Star games are not really not really something that 
people really talk about a lot, but I've kind of thought that was, that, that's, a, you don't really see that as much, obviously. And back then, I think they used to, they, I believe they used to have more all-star games. They had like two a year or whatever. I'm not too sure, but also they, the way they, I know the way they played the games, it was a little bit different. They would let them go a little bit longer and they, they just, they just actually cared about the game a little bit more. It was more for bragging rights between the two leagues. Um, and now moving on, let's get into the next guy. It's actually, this is actually Lefty Gomez. Is a, they were part of a one-two punch. Lefty Gomez and Red Ruffing. Red Ruffing helped lead the Yankees to six World Series titles. Obviously, some of those World Series were with Lefty Gomez. Le- lefty, obviously, was a lefty. Right, Red, right, Red Ruffing was a right-handed pitcher. Uh, with Red Ruffing, the Yankees went to seven pennants. They won six World Series. He was a one-two punch, as I said, with Lefty Gomez. And uh, in the postseason, he only gave up four home runs in the postseason. That's only two more home runs allowed than Mariano, that Mariano Rivera gave up in the postseason. And this guy was a starting pitcher. Also, his ERA as a postseason in the postseason was 2.63. He was 7-2, and he had 85 and two-thirds innings pitched in the postseason, which is a lot of... A lot of innings in the postseason, but obviously the Yankees, they made it to seven World Series, and they won six of them, so they were in an awful lot. And uh, also, one really one fact that I didn't know about Red Ruffing, obviously, I, there's probably a lot of things I really didn't know about him, but one thing I really didn't know about him that was very interesting, um, and I think everyone else will find it interesting, is that Red Ruffing lost four toes from a coal mining accident at a young age. After that, he could only pitch. Because I guess Red Ruffing was actually a very good hitter in his day. He actually hit 36 home runs still back when he played in the major leagues because they still had to hit because pitchers had to hit. But he still hit 36 home runs even with four four toes missing um, in his career. 31 of those were with the Yankees. Obviously, he was not like Babe Ruth was. Um, you know, when it was with the Red Sox and even with the Yankees to some extent. But by the time Ruth came to the Yankees, he, he was he was uh, more of an outfielder um, and he basically just hit. However, it's it's quite interesting that Red Ruffing was... I, I had no idea the, how good of a hitter Red Ruffing was. And um, he had 273 career, career wins as a pitcher, Red Ruffing. He had a 3.80 ERA. And he won 231 games as a New York Yankee with a 3.47 ERA as a Yankee. Red Ruffing also pitched um, seven seasons with the Boston Red Sox, and the rest of the rest of the um, his career, which was I think 15 seasons, with the Yankees. Another interesting stat that I noticed uh, with Red Ruffing and his splits between his time with the Red Sox seven years and the Yankees' 15 years was his winning percentage, which typically isn't really a, a, bit of a, a really big, a really important stat, but it kind of shows how the, the disparity between the, how, what type of teams the Yankees and the Red Sox had. However, it was um, Ruffing had a 289 winning percentage with the Red Sox and a 651 winning percentage with the Yankees. Also, I, I, looking at the Red Ruffing's numbers with the Red Sox he was not the pitcher he did not pitch as well with the Red Sox as he did with the Yankees he actually pitched better later in his career which was with the Yankees than he did with the Red Sox which is 
which is pretty darn good. You don't really see that too much. Um, his ERA plus with the Yankees was 119, and which again that was like basically 19% above the league average ERAs for that time period. His career ERA for his entire career was 109. Um, so basically, it shows how much better he pitched for the, for the Yankees than he did for the Red Sox. And again, back in those days, like Lefty Gomez, they they pitched a lot of complete games because they didn't really have much use for the bullpen those in those days. He had 335 complete games pitched, 45 shutouts, and 18 saves. So, um, that the, he he was this guy was a workhorse. I mean, as basically they all were back in those days. So, anyways. Uh, he threw 4,344 innings pitched in his career and over 3,000 innings in in New York with the Yankees. He was a four-time game, four-time 20-game winner, just like Lefty Gomez was, and they both pitched together. Actually, they both won 20 games around the same time between 36 and 39. I think Lefty might have been around 34 or so. Um, I think Lefty Gomez might have started around 1934 to 38 or something like that. Um, anyways, uh, Red Ruffing also, his ERA plus, his career high for ERA plus was 150 in 1937, which is basically, that was actually the same year, like, like I said before about Lefty Gomez, uh, that was the year Lefty Gomez won the pitcher's triple crown, but Red Ruffing also was very good that year too. So I just find, found it very interesting how good ref, Red Ruffing was, especially as a hitter. And especially considering he had lost four toes in a coal mining accident when he was younger. Just looking at Red Ruffing and his, his numbers and, and seeing what he did and what he accomplished, you can definitely tell how good Red Ruffing was and how important he was in Yankees history. So he's definitely deserving of being a top five Yankees starting pitcher in my, in my estimation. Moving on to Whitey Ford. Whitey Ford won six World Series titles and 11 pennants. He was also known as the chairman of the board for his composure and how calm he was, and, and he never really got flustered. And he, uh, Whitey Ford was a crafty, finesse pitcher, from what I've heard and uh, researched. He, was, he also had great command. He was a strikeout pitcher for back in his day. Obviously, uh, they didn't really, it wasn't, he... And back in those days, it wasn't really about trying to strike the guys out and just throw as hard as you can. He was trying to just get get the ball by you and just and just get you out as as much as he could. And he did strike a lot of batters out for his day. But he, compared to nowadays, he'd probably be considered more of a finesse guy. However, he was still a Hall of Fame pitcher. Casey Stengel used Whitey Ford. Um, uh, he actually used Whitey Ford to save him for just the most important games as like like he would he would basically he would instead of putting him on like a five day five day rotation uh, like a normal starting rotation Whitey Ford would pitch basically they would Casey Stengel would save him for all the most important games against like the Red Sox the top the the top teams in the in the league and until you get to the World Series, obviously he'd pitch him in the big games. Uh, Whitey Ford also, also uh, he pitched like, I think it was four straight game ones in the World Series. He won two World Series clinching games as well. Um, 
And some of the guys that Whitey Ford pitched with was was Eddie Lopat, Allie Reynolds, also known as the Super Chief, and Vic Rasky. And they were known as the Big Ford. The Big Four. Uh, his career winning percentage was 690. Whitey Ford's was, um, which actually I believe is the highest winning percentage of all time for a pitcher. He was a 25-game winner in 1961 and won 24 games for the Yankees in 1963. Whitey Ford, in 1961, he won the Cy Young Award. That year, the Cy Young Award was for both leagues, not just one league. It was both leagues. He won that award out of the whole major league, of all the major leagues. Woody Ford was 25 and four that year. He had a 3.21 ERA, 39 starts, 115 ERA plus, and a 3.18 FIP. And again, FIP is basically is your fielding independent pitching. It basically calculates your ERA and adjusts it to the ballpark, and shows you basically how how your numbers are adjusted to the ballpark and how how they it incorporates everything from like home runs um home runs hit by pitch walks all that stuff anything that's independent of fielding and moving on another thing that whitey ford uh another thing that he did was he had 243 straight pickoffs without a stolen base which is which is remarkable that seems like it's got to be a record, or if not a record, it's, it must have been a record at some point. I'm not positive if it is still a record, but it probably is. Uh, anyways, that just shows how, this again, that just shows how incredible he was as a pitcher. And uh, he averaged 230 innings pitched a season in 16 seasons. Again, a lot of the older pitchers like Red Ruffing, uh, Lefty Gomez, Whitey Ford, they all pitched a lot more innings and therefore probably shortened their careers because the bullpen was not, they didn't really use the bullpens back in those days, but they pitched an awful lot because they needed them to and, and they didn't really have much use for the bullpens, so so they just, they needed them. Um, he, because of that, uh, Whitey Ford had made 438 starts, 156 complete games, 45 shutouts, and he had the most starts in in the World Series, twenty two. He was ten and eight with nine complete ga- uh, seven 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 complete games and three shutouts. To Wade Ford was obviously one of the greatest pitchers of all time. I mean, he was a Hall of Famer, and and uh, Wade Ford is definitely on the list. Um, in my opinion, obviously, not to give anything away, but I think everybody knows that Wade Ford is the great best pitcher in Yankees history. I mean. There is kind of a debate between Whitey Ford and Ron Guidry. You can make the case for Ron Guidry too, I guess. But I kind of got to give got to give the edge to Whitey Ford. Uh, let's get on to another guy, Andy Pettit, who everyone is, most people are familiar with, obviously. Uh, Andy Pettit was a two-time 20-game winner. He won five World Series with the New York Yankees and went to eight pennants. Obviously, one of those pennants were with the Houston Astros. And um, Andy Pettit won seven clinching games uh, in, in the postseason. And three of those were in the World Series. So Andy Pettit was it was one of the most clutch pitchers of all time. Whenever the Yankees, or I guess even the Astros, if, um, but mostly the Yankees because he pitched a lot more with the Yankees than he did with the Astros. Whenever the Yankees needed him, 
he he would always, or just about always, you know, once in a while everyone would have a bad start. Once in a while, but whenever you needed a good start, you knew you could rely on Andy Pettit to get the job done. Um, in fact, in 2001, Andy Pettit won the ALCS MVP. Um, he had pitched 14 and a third innings pitched, 11 hits, four runs, two walks, and eight strikeouts. Um, some important statistics on, on Andy Pettit. Andy Pettit, as a New York Yankee, had a 394 ERA with a 115 ERA plus. He had a 3.77 FIP, which is again fielding independent pitching, basically anything independent of the fielding, like hits by, hit by pitch, uh, home runs, walks, stuff like that. Um, his strikeout rate uh, per nine innings was 6.5, and in his career, his strikeout rate was 6.6, so it's very similar. Same thing with the walks. Um, his ERA in his career for Yankees and Astros was a little bit lower, 3.85. Maybe being in the National League might have helped that a little bit, but it's hard to say. Um, his adjusted ERA was obviously a little bit higher as his, for his career, and his FIP was a little bit lower. And Andy Pettit was obviously a ground ball pitcher, so he kept he wanted to keep the ball on the ground and make you get yourself out. Um, when he was younger, though, he or even when he was a little older, sometimes he would get you. You be he would strike you out, but usually when he was younger, he was able to strike you out more because he was able to throw harder. Um, as he got older, he had to rely more and more and more on getting you to get out via the ground ball or whatever it might be. Um, Andy Pettit also threw 26 complete games in his career, so that's a very stark um, difference between him and um, Red Ruffing and Lefty Gomez and Wendy Ford, but it's really kind of unfair to to uh, to to compare him to those guys because you know he he had one of the best he had the best closer of all time in Mariano Rivera and back again back in the days of Red Ruffing. Um, and Lefty Gomez and Wendy Ford, they didn't really use the bullpen anywhere near how they use them now. He also had 100 career pickoffs. Um, Andy Pettit was well known for for picking off players off first base, and, and he did it at an incredible rate. Um, he was one of the best best pitchers ever to, 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 to do the pickoff and uh, throw guys out at first base. Um, Andy Pettit also threw 3,316 3, innings pitched, 256 wins, and 153 losses in his career. Also, he had 214 wins with the Yankees. His lowest um, home runs per nine was in 1997, and he led the league with a 0 0.26 home run per nine ra ratio. And that... He only allowed, basically that means he only allowed seven home runs and 240 in a third innings in 1997, which you could probably say that that was probably his best year because I think I believe that was the year that his ERA was, it was like, uh, it was under three. And I think it was one of the only years, it might have been the only year that it was under three, I believe. But just giving up seven home runs in 240 in the third innings is is crazy that's 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 ridiculous um also Andy Pettit averaged 214 innings pitched in 18 seasons he threw 276 and two-third innings pitched in the postseason 
and he won 19 games and had a 3-8-1 ERA in the postseason. And again, like I said, he was a clutch pitcher, and he really came through. The Yankees could not have won those championships without him. So Pettit was a great pitcher in Yankees history. And moving on, let's go on to Ron Guidry, also known as Gator, or Louisiana Lightning. He was a former co-captain of the New York Yankees in the 1980s uh, with uh, Willie Randolph and Greg Nettles too, I believe. And I think there might have been another guy later on, but I'm not positive. Um, he Ron Guidry helped the Yankees win two World Series titles, three pennants, and one Cy Young Award in 1978. Um, the two World Series titles, again, was 1977 and 78, the same year as the Cy Young. In 1978... Ron Guidry was 25 and 3 with a 174 ERA, good for an ERA plus of 208, which is which is ridiculous. And and he led the league in walks and hits per innings pitched, the 0.94. He had 273 innings pitched that year, 248 strikeouts, 16 complete games in 1978, and also Ron Guidry had nine shutouts which he led the league in in 1978. Um, for his career, he had 95 complete games and 26 shutouts in his career. He was a three-time 20-game winner. He led the league in wins twice and ERA twice. In his career, he won 170 games, um, had a 3.29 ERA, an ERA adjusted of 119, and a 327 FIP, which is fielding independent pitching. And probably the reason why he didn't get as many wins in his career was because he, when the Yan- when he came up, the Yankees, Billy Martin, they they didn't really trust a lot of their younger guys. So because of it, Gator started later in his career, and it kind of took him a while to to earn the trust of even George Steinbrenner and Billy Martin. Um, but once he did, he was he was their ace no matter what, and he was he was. One of the best pitchers in Yankees history by far. Anyways, uh, he also averaged 235 innings pitched throughout his 14 seasons in the major leagues. In in the postseason, Ron Guidry uh, won three clinching games in the league championship series for the Yankees. He threw 62 and two-thirds innings, had a 3.02 ERA in the postseason, which is very, very good, especially considering how many innings he threw. And he had five wins, three complete games, and five. And and he also won five straight Gold Glove awards from 1982 to 1986. So Gator was one of the best pitchers in Yankees history, and definitely deserves to be on this list. So let's get on to the top five Yankees starting pitching rankings. As I said before, I basically mentioned that Whitey Ford was the best pitcher in Yankees history, and that's that's why I have him at number one. For all the reasons I mentioned before, um, basically his his 1961 season, uh, he won the Cy Young, especially when it was back in the American League and the National League. But he um, and um, he was just he was clutch. They say just the fact that Casey Stengel would save him for just the games when they needed him to pitch, um, and, and just the most important games anyway. And some guys probably wouldn't have been able to do that. Because sometimes he was pitching on five days, the rest four days, seven days, eight days, whatever it was. But he was he still did it. 
and I'm sure it wasn't something that he really wanted to do because actually I I did find out that Ralph, when Ralph Hook came over in 1961 or before the 1961 season, because after the 1960 season when the Pirates when the Pirates beat the Yankees, um, Casey Stengel was released as Yankees manager after I believe 16 seasons or so. I'm not exactly sure. However, Ralph Hook promised that Whitey Ford was going to stay on a, on four days on a four day uh, rotation, and he did, and and uh, and after and basically he was rewarded right away with that 1961 season that Whitey Ford had, and uh, oftentimes the 1961 season Whitey Ford had gets overshadowed by Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris's 61 chase of of uh, chasing Ruth, and rightfully so, but. However, Whitey Ford had one of the best years a pitcher has ever had in 1961. And if you look at his career, I mean, Whitey Ford was definitely the number one Yankees starting pitcher of all time. Number two, Lefty Gomez. And number three, Ron Guidry. Number four, Red Ruffing. And number five, Andy Pettit. All right, now let's get to Lefty Gomez and Gator. The reason why I chose Lefty Gomez over Ron Guidry was just because Lefty Gomez, basically, you know, he was a Hall of Famer. Ron Guidry wasn't a Hall of Famer. However, I mean, maybe he could have been a Hall of Famer if he had started earlier in his career. But Lefty Gomez definitely, um, def- I, I would definitely feel good about putting him in the two spot behind Whitey Ford as the the second best pitcher in Yankees history. And Ron Guidry, I have him at number three because Guidry, I just feel like, was better than both Pettit, CeCe, or Ruffing. And I chose Ruffing over Pettit and CeCe, which was kind of hard, but I kind of just feel like looking at the numbers and how good Red Ruffing was as a Yankee, it was just too hard to ignore. And and all the things he had accomplished, he actually also was a Hall of Famer. Not that that's really... Part of it, it is kind of a little bit, but like I think it's more. I kind of had to go more about the numbers, especially with these older guys like Lefty Gomez, Whitey Ford, and Red Ruffing. You kind of have to go more about the numbers and what you can find out. Because I didn't see these guys pitch anyway. However, it was interesting how how he only had uh, how he had that coal mining accident and lost four toes, but yet still had a remarkable pitching career. Um, he had 36 home runs as a pitcher, and obviously playing for the American League, the New York Yankees, and the Boston Red Sox before that. So uh, Red Ruffing is definitely number four, and and then Andy Pettit, number five. Uh, I pretty much chose Andy Pettit over CC because Pettit pitched in a lot of big games. CC pitched in a lot of big games, not as many. Obviously, that's not really his fault because, I mean, it depends. Like, it's, 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 it's a team game. However... I just feel like Pettit was there for a lot of the big moments with the Yankees, and he really he came through all the time. Like I, maybe even more than CC, and maybe that's because CC pitched. We didn't get to see CC earlier in his career. That's probably a big part of it. However, I still kind of have to give the edge to Andy Pettit as a Yankee. So there you have it: the top five Yankee starting pitchers again: Whitey Ford, Lefty Gomez, Ron Guidry. Red Ruffing, and Andy Pettit. So thank you all for listening to this Inside the Pinstripes podcast, everybody. And don't forget to tell me your top five starting pitchers in Yankees history. 
Um, again, my top five is Whitey Ford, Lefty Gomez, Ron Guidry, Red Ruffing, and Andy Pettit. What's yours? Feel free to tweet me at InsideNYY on Twitter and comment on Facebook at Inside the Pinstripes. And remember, go Yankees! <laughs>